Once upon a time, there were two badass women who thought mom brain was complete BS. Then they had babies, became besties, and decided to start a podcast to talk about how they were totally wrong. Welcome to Blame It On Mom Brain. Welcome back, everyone, to Blame It On Mom Brain. This is Amanda. And this is Jodine. And today we are talking about something that I don't actually have that much experience in, um, but Amanda is super passionate about this realm and that is therapy and therapy in motherhood specifically. Um, but in general, I don't have a lot of experience with going to therapy. So this is really interesting for me to hear about because maybe it's something that I would like to um, dive into at some point, especially going into my second birth or my second child postpartum for the second time. So Amanda's going to shed some light on some experience she's had recently and how that's been. So how many sessions have you had recently? And you've done it with better help, I believe, right? That's right. So I'll start by saying I've been passionate about this for a really long time. It was about six years ago when I first got the push from my very best friend back home to seek professional help. And you guys, I want to talk about this topic with as much, like I want to give it the weight that it deserves because your mental health is something that that should be nurtured and put at the forefront of your well-being, like always, always. I don't think it's just a motherhood thing, but I want to talk about it in the scope of motherhood because my first experience was about six years ago. And I am not the same person as I was six years ago. A lot of the strength tools and resources that I gained from having had that experience have served me so super well over the last few years, but none of which revolved around now becoming the mom of this being that I had, I love and have to keep alive and doing so as a partner and with certain roles that at the time have now shifted, whether that be work or even my location or relationships with family or things like that, like things are different because I have changed. So I think that therapy is something, whether like you're like Jodine and you don't really have experience with seeking support from a professional um, or you do and you have, and, and it's something that you've done in the past, like I had, this is just your reminder that it's, the fitness for your mind. I'm super passionate about exercise for the body, nutrition to fuel the body, the books we read to empower our minds, but no differently than the star athlete on the NBA team practices and puts all that stuff into work. But he, that, as, as we are, where we have a coach to help lead us and guide us through those things, those star athletes, those professional NFL players, those, like the hockey players, all of them have a coach who guide them through the routine, who give them the blueprint and allow them to then go off on their own and practice those tools and come back. And, and we, we d deliberate from there and see what was effective and what do we need to work on. And I think that in motherhood, we're... Jodine and I have done a really great job of covering that there's a lot of pre-baby prep. There's a lot of pregnancy <laughs> prep you can find online. But both of us started this podcast because we were basically fucking blindsided about the <laughs> after parenthood prep and, and what to do when it's not even prepping anymore. You're just in the game. So I only sought getting um, some support now. Um I didn't, that's not to say I hadn't debated it earlier in this postpartum journey as my son is now almost two, but this was the time when I was able to really make that happen. So all this to say is that supporting your mental and emotional well-being 
all the time is like dental hygiene, brushing your teeth, keeping your mind clear so that the way that you behave, react, or see the world is preventative and not reactive. And if you find yourself kind of too far in and you're in the reactive state, then I hope you'll take this episode and maybe recognize, do you need that coach? Do you need that mentor or that professional? So is what I mean to say, to step in and give you some more tools and resources to help you deal with the things you're reacting to, feel a little out of control from, and maybe are experiencing um, some struggles, you know, so that you have benefits to be able to feel positive and grounded in your motherhood journey as I have begun to feel. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And I really, I agree with you. I think it's such a valuable thing for people to experience. Um, what was there, a, there was a specific catalyst to you getting um, these therapy lessons recently, wasn't there? It wasn't, even a specific event. Wasn't it a free, like you got a free? Um... Yeah. So I'll share how this one came about. It's like, you've got to just keep your eyes and ears open because when you tell the universe you're ready for something, she'll be like, oh, I've just been waiting for you to say so. Girl here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it yeah. was around this point where um, my little one was like, I was searching for daycares for my little guy and it was becoming really challenging. And I was starting to feel burnt out again in a similar headspace as I had been, um, a few months ago when I had begun debating getting professional help again and didn't. Um, and all of a sudden I noticed one of my favorite authors who I'm actually really lucky that I, I actually chat with her. Um, but her name is Amy Morin. Um, and when I say I chat with her, I mean, I can ask her questions and see kind of what, you know, maybe she could share a bit of light on some of the things she talks about. And one of the things she had shared about was that she's releasing a brand new book. She's the author of many amazing titles that all revolve around strengthening your mindset and your reactions and behaviors so that you live a really optimal life. The first book from her that I ever read, which I was obsessed with, was called 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. Mm -hmm. And I thought that the 13 things that she listed were, I mean, it was the epitome of how do I want to behave in this world so that I am the best leader, the best um, you know, business owner, the best partner, the best this and that. All that was really cool. She's also written a book called 13 Things Mentally Strong parents don't do. So when I became a parent, I read that book and I was like, oh, amazing. Like even all these things that, and I hate to say it, but like some things that maybe some parents were doing that I didn't really like were listed as things you shouldn't do in that book in such a way to help you find the right tools or a better way or a different perspective. You know, maybe right is not the correct word, but I'll use it kind of loosely then. But it just helped me see like, oh, okay, I want to this is what I want to embody to raise an empowered son. Mm -hmm. And she's written a book called 13 Things Mentally Strong Teens Don't Do. So I think this book one I haven't read, but it's specifically geared towards teenagers who are navigating a very odd time yeah. because adolescence <laughs> is the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then so on her post recently, she announced that she's written a book called 13 Things Mentally Strong Couples Don't Do. And I'm all in because I love the study of relationships. I love the study of attachment. I'm huge into um, the dynamics of people and love and um, communication. It's like, I, I think I could devour books about this topic to no end. And when I saw that, and she's one of my favorite authors, I was like, oh, amazing. I, I'm going to pre-order that book. But as I re kept reading the caption, she was sharing that if you pre-ordered this book, 
that you would get four free weeks, a month free of therapy with a partnered company called BetterHelp that she had teamed up with to provide this offer. It was like a $420 Canadian value. Um, and the first message I sent her right away was, oh my God, I want your book. Like either way, I want your book. I'll pre-order that book. But does this apply to Canadians? Like can, can cause yeah. she's American. So I was like, can Canadians, almost, can we just complain a little bit for a second that almost none of those good things apply to Canadians? <laughs> I know, like contest open to everyone except anyone in Canada. <laughs> it's kind of what it feels like. And we've, you know, like you, you're not even surprised I had to ask that. That's how we've no, done this so many times. It's such um, a bummer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and she said yes. And that it was worldwide. And I was like, girl, shut the front door. It's worldwide. Stop, stop it. So, I pre-ordered right away. I you had to show like a proof of receipt or enter you would receive a code to then submit when you would purchase your your membership for the therapy sessions and get paired up with a, a therapist and you'd get paired up by going through a survey once you'd sign up about the things that you were struggling with or the things that you wanted to discuss. So it was like a pretty thorough screening so that then they could suggest the right therapist for you. You're never locked in with the therapist itself. If you do one lesson and you're like, absolutely not, we do not mix, you can switch and that's, that's totally fine. Um, so it just felt, I'm like, what do I have to lose? I want her book anyway. It's 40, like I pre-ordered the book for, I think 40 bucks. And then I ended up getting like five weeks of free therapy. So, so I know for a lot of people, when you talk about therapy or any sort of counseling, anything like that, the main factor that comes up is cost. And it's it's basically mm-hmm. like it's a very privileged thing to be even able to seek Afford any therapy. sort of yeah. help in, or like how, how do you seek help? Unless you're at the breaking point where you have to admit yourself into the hospital. That's almost what it seems for some people, right? Where, or if you're in a headspace where you're struggling so much, the act of going and getting any sort of help and figuring out how to get it, how to pay for it, who to see is, it's just seems monstrous. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big feat. And I won't lie. Six years ago, when I decided to begin therapy for the first time, it was the first time I'd ever explored it as a person. It was never something my parents instilled as me into me as valuable. I don't even think we ever said the words therapy in our house or mom, I need help or dad, what can I do? Like my, I mean, it was a very typical, like we just get through things and everything's fine. Like, well, in all honesty, I think we've talked about this in in a few different topics. I think it's a generational thing. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely becoming more um, normalized and accepted in this generation, right? Like the millennial uh, generation, but for our parents, for baby boomers, I don't know how much access they even had to it. And if you you needed any sort of um, help, right, you were like crazy. Like if you you actually needed to go. Yeah. So um, we're, we're definitely seeing things from a different perspective and like small struggles in the, the, the eyes of our parents or, um, I'm talking about like the parents' generation, um, were like something you just had to just overcome, yeah. and you didn't even have to talk about. You just dealt with it, until, unless you were like me- mentally like breaking down and you, <laughs> you couldn't do anything anymore. Then, then you just yeah, you just deal with it. So it, it's totally understandable. Because um, I sometimes I find people resent their parents for things like that, but I don't yeah. see it. I don't see it like that at all. For me, it's just like a complete ignorance. Like how can well, you yeah, resent someone for such complete ignorance, right? If they don't know or they weren't taught that. Um, 
I get that. But I think the other side of the coin is I could have then said the same and never just become a grown up and done my homework. It's like, yeah, it's I, I kind of like I understand. I agree because my parents are our, my parents generation. They yeah. were not trained to do that. Like my our grandparents generation, they were not trained to do that. They they had a lot of other stuff going on in the world, stuff we yeah. don't even need to start listing here. But it's like no. their priority was let's earn money. Let's get a house. Let's start right. a family and survive the thing. Yeah. Like, let's really just make it through this stuff. And I'm not saying that it's not the degree to what we're sort of going through at the moment, but it's, it's sort of like that quote of it's not the things that happened to you in your past are yeah. not your fault, but how you deal with your future is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I feel that it is my job. Even if I've never had experience getting help via therapy It is my job to take a look at all the ways I've gotten help in general and to identify that help is a strength so that my son can learn the same, you know? And it's it's like a hell of a lot easier to do your homework this day and age, right? Like, (laughs) you know, in in certain ways, we're spoiled rotten with information almost to the point of like overload. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I get what, like, there's definitely no blame, but that's why. I'm proud of myself because I can say they did the best they could with what they had, but it's up to me to now take their floor and and not make it my ceiling. Like I can go beyond that. You know, and and I don't mean you personally. I just mean, I've met a lot of people that think that way, you know, and they use that almost as like a reason to not, um, to not do, to not change. Yeah. To not do the important evolution of self. And like this I think it's a great question that you asked about where can you start, you know, because there's, there are a lot of hoops and it's a very privileged position to be able to, even for me, say I took $40 and bought a book and it was from that that I had the ability to seek therapy. Depending on the age of people listening or maybe the age of the children that you have, since we have so many moms who tune in, um, the first thing I can think of to help get that introduced into your family's cycle is um, there's always an emotional or social support at the school of your kids. I, as, as a former teacher, I had many staff members who I had the pleasure of working with who were literally there to support kids going through hard times. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think, an amazing way to kickstart having that as a conversation. The second thing is that I often have found that workspaces provided the same. And it didn't have to be like your like coverage covered it, even though some some places that, that people work at may have coverage for you to see whatever, any sort of professional, like a dentist, physio, yeah. like doctor, all that stuff. And therapy is pretty much typically always covered underneath that. But I don't even mean that. I mean, like there's someone on site or someone you can contact via HR that you can just get access to as an employee of that space. So that's another great option to explore within wherever you might be working. Um, again, could be viewed as a totally privileged answer because not every workspace may offer that. But mm-hmm. I did have none of those things. Um, um, I wasn't in high school when I first started seeking help and I was self-employed when I yeah. first decided to whatever. So basically it was like, if I didn't work, I didn't eat. And I was single. I'd been single for a long time doing life by myself. Um, funds were fine, but maybe not necessarily to do too, like tons extra. So my girlfriend who is a nurse, um, pulled up a resource where she found all the um, more affordable, um, like um, mental health and cognitive behavioral therapy or 
you know, psychotherapy support within the Vancouver area. And I think the list had like 40 phone numbers on Mm. it. And some of them were even students at local universities here who were looking for people at severely discounted rates to start their practices or to gain experience working with the public. Mm -hmm. So that was something that I thought was really interesting. And had I not ended up finding the therapist I did find out, that was my next choice. I was going to, it's no different than you would trust like a hair or makeup student to, or try on your hair or whatever. Like they... And they obviously know what they're doing. They've been doing it for four years. They just and they'd have a supervisor as well. Yeah, they have a supervisor. Yeah. yeah, they're not by themselves. So you you trust that you're in also superior hands to the new the new babe coming in, right? So it's like that was definitely an option I was super keen to look into. It would have meant yeah. a little bit of a drive to get to a campus possibly, but I didn't care. Um, and then what I ended up finding was an amazing therapist uh, located maybe 15, 20 minutes away from me who heard my desperation for getting help and she like adjusted her price accordingly and she made it more of a scale where once like she saw me immediately she did see me for a fee it was heavily discounted and then once I restarted to regain myself my step and I was in a better headspace we had that financial talk again of like we've been doing so great I do need to let you know we're going to start moving up in price for our weekly meetings so Here's what that's going to look like. Are you comfortable with this? Is this something that would affect you coming in? Would it affect your headspace, things like that? And and this woman had done such ridiculously incredible work with me. Her name is Kelly Mooker. Um, find her online at Kelly Mooker Counseling Services. If you're in and around Vancouver, um, I mean, it's absolutely worth reaching out to this amazing, understanding um, woman who is a mother as well and an incredible professional. I felt so safe in her space. She listened to what I needed and exercised my mind and heart and spirit and soul. And I walked out of there like air quotation, breaking up with her with so much pride because by the time (laughs) we were done after weeks and weeks and weeks of work, I didn't need each other anymore. No, no. I felt like a million bucks. Like this is the one relationship where a breakup is like encouraged. Like, I mean, every breakup should be encouraged in a way because yeah. that's another topic. But like this breakup was really, it's an important one because you're like, I've got lots of tools thanks to you. Yeah. And I am feeling like I flipped a coin. I've turned a corner and a page thanks to the way you've made me work. And, you know, she was fantastic. So after a long time of working together, um, I absolutely understood rates needed to change. I felt it was worth every effing penny. I was like, at, at this point, I was like, do raise whatever you need to. Mm. I'm getting what I, I'm getting every bit of my money's worth here working with you. So it was so valuable. So for somebody that is thinking about going to see somebody, whether whatever headspace they're in, if they're in like a pretty good headspace, they're or they're in you know a pretty dark time in their life. What would you say, um, because I know like it can also be a little bit scary, like what, what, how does the first meeting even go? How do you know that you're a good fit for the person that you're seeing? Like, like you said, in BetterHelp, they'll let you switch if you don't feel like it's a good fit. How would somebody know if they've never, you know, done it, have had any sort of therapy before, if it's a good fit? And like, do they... 
you know, they probably are making up stories in their head where they're like, I'm going to have to sit there and tell my life story and talk about things that are going to make me feel uncomfortable. So what would you say like a first meeting should or could feel like and how to assess if you're a good fit with that professional? I firm, firmly believe in listening to my instincts and my gut. And that may not be something that you're used to doing in the space of therapy, but it is mm. something that you're used to doing as a mother every day. And that's hugely important to tune into. My advice is understand that it is going to be awkward. It's like yeah. a first date, you guys. Like, what do you mean? A first date is awkward. Even talking to a friend on like your first encounter can be awkward, you know, like, <laughs> like you and I, you know, we hit it off really, really well, but I'm sure, and I don't remember them now, but I'm sure we had a couple of awkward moments. Like, I mean, there's no way that there were none, but you could feel that you're like, I'd get coffee with her again. Like you, you just yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then there are others where you're like, I'll never see that person ever again. They were nice, but that was, that's enough, you know, like you kind of know. So yeah, you're going to be talking about uncomfortable things. That's literally the point is to get uncomfortable <laughs> so you can reach a new concept of self and do it with an outside source so that it's not always so close to home. Like you're always in the trenches and you need someone who has a bird's eye view based off of what you're sharing. So recognize it's going to be uncomfortable. Give it those first date college try <laughs> and allow yourself to be brutally honest when you're providing your backstory so that their responses allow you to get that feedback for that gut instinct of, is this feeling like there's a connection here? Are they getting what I'm saying? Do I feel heard? Do I feel like it's one thing to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Like when you're exercising, it's one thing to feel breathless and like the dumbbells are challenging. But I always say to my clients, if you're grunting and struggling and making faces to lift your dumbbell, you're lifting the wrong weight. You need to change. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with this. If you find that it's feeling like really uncomfortable, very awkward. You have little, you know, the little red flags like are all over Instagram. They're, the red flags are flipping up. Then you probably can gauge that that's not the right space to continue sharing. Mm -hmm. I am, I find myself quite lucky because both um, interactions with therapists, I have felt supported from the beginning. So um, I, I can say, especially with the in-person therapy with Kelly, um, in my experience six years ago, I, like I, I would never have stopped seeing her. Like she, it was incredible. Mm -hmm. it, the connection was amazing. This help that I I got via BetterHelp was virtual, which made it hella convenient time-wise. Yeah. Like I was in the middle of work. I'd run downstairs, have a 30, 45 minute session and run back upstairs and, you know, finish the work, like finish my, my emails. You know, it was so convenient. So there's give and takes to both those things. And that I think goes along with um, the gut instinct that you have. So just see how it feels. Does the virtual not feel like it's helping you build the bridge of connection that you need? Does their responses make you feel off? Do you feel like they were maybe not get, getting or the, the right picture of what you're trying to express? Maybe mm -hmm. could you ask more questions on how you can better express yourself? Could they have asked more questions? Like these are all things that you can consider in that very first appointment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. Um, so how has your experience been now since you've, how many sessions have you had? This so I had about six sessions. Okay, that's quite a few. It was quite a few. Yeah. Um, I managed to 
get some a couple of days closer together, which made my months like meetings stretch a little bit more than just once a week, which was really cool. Um, and I would say that there were four direct benefits that I'd love to share today that I found from this particular stint of going to prioritize my health, my, my mental health with seeking therapy. And I, I want these to be suggestions for you. If you're kind of on the fence about whether or not you should do this, I want this to be a, an offering for you to consider as self-reflection. Can any of these four things be an, a, an arena that maybe you need to fine tune with yourself? And if so, it might be a great opportunity to seek some of the resources, like I said, at work or locally or um, on virtually, like there mm-hmm. are different ways that you can find that support. And hopefully these four things can help. But the first one I, I would say that I gained as a result of doing this was definitely the emotional support. Mm -hmm. The more I started talking about why I was seeking therapy since becoming a mother, the more I was like, why the hell didn't I do this sooner? Because (laughs) I had to go through the fact that, you know, there's been joy and anxiety and stress and big moves and identity crisis and a shift in my career path. And the, and, you know, she provided a really non-judgmental space to like hold these emotions and be like, okay, well, here's the support I can provide to you based off what you're sharing. And everything she said was like, yeah, I, that's exactly what I need. So it was emotional support that as, you know, Jodine and I, before we even started recording today, we were saying as mothers, we give, 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 we give love all the time. We give love all the time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you really just want to get the love. You really yeah. just want to be cuddled be um, supported. You want to be Just cared for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in my experience with therapy, this emotional support is the emotional cuddle that you need. Like, this is, and that you might not even recognize because you're so busy being in the routine and the well-oiled machine of your everyday life. A kid goes to daycare, got to pack the lunch. He goes off to work at this time. He We tap out and I check in at this time because he leaves and then or you know we work from home and who's getting in the car to pick like oh my god it's like life is happening Mm -hmm. when are you going to prioritize the fact that you've become a mother and you never spoke to anybody about what that transition was like for you yeah you spoke to your girlfriends that's great you told your mom amazing but none of these people are equipped to help you deal with the shit that you probably don't even realize emotionally has been gnawing away at your subconscious yeah and a good therapist is going to be able to extract that and she did a really great job of helping me see that i had excavating to do (laughs) so that was the number one emotional support yeah we mothers need all sorts of support we need food at the doorstep we need a babysitter we need the long bath we need a long walk but we also need the emotional hand holding by someone who is not in our face every single day The second one was stress management. A big reason why I had decided to do this besides the book was I was feeling really anxious. I had a lot like stress anxiety management, basically, because I was feeling anxious in the way of like, oh, my God, my toddler's going to pull a fit if I go to whatever example, the mall. And I just don't I don't know if I can handle him screaming in public and and kick and becoming a stiff board and I can't put him in the car seat and and then I become stressed and anxious and it makes going out really hard and it's not even worth it. Yeah. And she made me realize my worst case scenario narratives were keeping me in my house. Yeah. She made me realize that my worst case 
thoughts about what could go wrong were making me so anxious that I wasn't willing to do anything new. I was feeling caged in by motherhood. And even with seeking, you know, support via a daycare at the time, at the very beginning, when I met her, I, she made me realize that even that was making me anxious. Like I'm having too much anxiety knowing that I could be doing work or could be changing this or whatever. And like, she just made me come all to all together and be like, do you notice the thoughts you're having? Are you even paying attention to the the motherhood pressure you're putting on yourself yeah. to have all the answers? You need to have a breath and you need to figure out what you're saying because only then you'll be able to get your answers. It's like holding so you captive. It, yeah, I was my mind was holding me captive. Mm -hmm. And after um and so I want to also mention she gave me a, like homework after mm -hmm. every single um appointment we had and I am a teacher through and through and I'm like <laughs> give me the homework. homework. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, um, I go, I told her, I go, give me all, all your homework. I'm going to do it all. And it was so fun to do because it was exercises and exploration of self. And I am sorry, but if you have 25 minutes to scroll Instagram or to go through a chat thread with friends or to look at the news online, you have like you have five minutes to answer a survey about your levels of stress and anxiety. Yeah, because they are affecting how you operate your day to day. Mm -hmm. Even somebody who's not typically feeling very anxious or stressed, like I can feel anxious. So I'm aware that that's part of where like, um, crud can get stuck in my rudders and then my wheels are not turning properly. But some people might not even know that through becoming a mother, you've gained that debris that is causing your well-oiled machine to not be well-oiled anymore. Mm -hmm. And you don't even recognize it because you're so busy serving a tiny being to keep them alive, well-fed, happy, loved. When are you doing the same for you? And we've already discussed in this podcast a thousand times, a shower and lunch are like a basic need, everybody. That's not yeah. self-care. <laughs> <laughs> so there's more. You have to be willing to, to put in that effort for more. And it was amazing to realize how much less stressed and anxious. Do you hear me? Yeah, okay. How much less stressed and anxious I became when I started implementing the exercises she gave me through that homework. <clears throat> it became, and I kind of talked about this on the podcast before since then, but it was like an, instead of an, a what if, it became an even if. Even if he pulls the tantrum when I go to the mall, I've, deal, I've dealt with tantrums before. Mm -hmm. They'll be fine. It won't be fun necessarily, but I can still have fun while I'm at mm -hmm. the mall. Like, do you see what I'm saying? So it became like, oh, I can go to the mall or I can go run this quick errand. Or even if he falls asleep in the car and it extends bedtime, we can still do something fun. Yeah. Like even if changed so much for me, I have had such a fruitful month and a half in motherhood. <laughs> of like, My kids times has changed from going to bed and waking up in the morning, all that stuff. And like, we've been enjoying it here. So it's like, it's been so helpful for my rigid, anxious, stressful brain to become supple and flexible and open and expanded instead and oh my god the feelings are unparalleled even just saying those words mm -hmm. feel different in my body so that's the second thing I would say was stress and anxiety management does that make sense like I'm on oh, two of the four sure. but <laughs> no I I think it, it makes total sense because everything that we experience in motherhood is it almost feels like a gamble, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Like this could, we could do this and it could be the most lovely afternoon ever, or we could do the same thing and then it could be like the most disastrous, you know, situation ever. And 
oh my god if it, which one's it gonna be right <laughs> like you're 100%. literally flipping the coin and seeing which one's gonna happen and you can only prepare to you know a certain extent and then well you, things are gonna happen the way they do so i think and and if you go in with that mind too we know that children feed off of us so yes. if you're thinking you know that or preparing mentally that he's going to be a stiff board or whatever um then he's probably feeling that <laughs> and then you'll you yeah. know so by eliminating that um you know you're not radiating that anymore so it helps everybody but it, definitely but it, it's so re like it makes so much sense that well that's it and i think it, that those two happening. things alone were like reason enough to decide to go but the last two things I think were things I didn't realize mm. that were going to be benefits. So the first two, I kind of went in selfishly for emotional support and then stress anxiety management. But the last two points that I gained through going on this particular stint through therapy was self-care and self-discovery. Mm. I think with motherhood, we forget to discover ourselves. We forget to unearth this new identity, this brand new breath, the new words that come into our life, the new feelings that we can only ever reach depths of once we've given birth to a child. Like there's a whole new sense of self that comes with that. And I I realized that discussing those very valid big topics became a form of catharsis. Mm. I was like, oh, I'm learning about myself. I am caring for myself. I'm caring for this version of Mandy as a mom. I am allowing myself to discover what that feels like. I'm redefining all the minutiae that I think are such big, important things in my life to be put back in a new space and mm -hmm. a new like place in my realm of what's relevant. It, it was this really awesome way to declutter old boxes in my brain. And we love decluttering. <laughs> we do love decluttering on Blame My Mom Brain opening old dusty boxes and like the spaces of my mind and just being like, what values, goals, what mission, what feelings do I want in my stage of life now? Mm -hmm. So it became like number three of the benefit of therapy and motherhood for me has been the reconnection to self-discovery, the reconnection to self-care that isn't the shower, that isn't the I need to eat lunch. It's the I need as a woman to learn about myself right now. Mm -hmm. You've seen your mom be your mom. You've seen all the women in your life maybe become moms, but you are now on this path of you are, you are mom, mm -hmm. but that's not all that you are. No, you were a woman and you were you before you ever gave birth to this baby. So why are you not making that effort to continue to discover your sense of self after baby? Yeah. It's like we abandon this, abandon the responsibility, the utter honor it is to care for ourselves or to care about ourselves as the individual. And, and a lot of people, I mean, it's really common on social media to be like, oh, I see it everywhere where you'll see either the mix of self-care is so important for mom to the number one person in my life is my child. And the comment section on both are like a lion's den. The ones who are like a mom who cares about herself. How dare you? You're so selfish. Maybe if you spent more time on your kid, then they'd be blah, 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 whatever. Popcorn, like yeah. peanut gallery. Mm -hmm. But then you have the ones who are like, your kid can't be the number one thing because without you, there is no home. Like, you, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And I understand the value of both, but I'm certainly of the camp of like, my kid gets the best version of me when I have explored myself as well. Mm -hmm. So it's easier to explore his 
world when I have gained curiosity about the fact that he's not holding me back from mine. He's a part of mine and we get to do this together. And it's really beautiful to see it that way. And also to let him see that mummy matters and mummy takes care of herself no differently than you need independent play. Mummy needs to independently read her book right now. Like <laughs> it's cool. It's really fun. And I, I've, I've just loved that, that part. And then the very last one, which I did not go in there thinking a thing about, but was relationship enhancement. Mm -hmm. I didn't recognize that the things I would discuss with this therapist would also revolve around my relationship with my partner. And the way that we as a couple, because the first three were really about myself, but the way we as this fourth point had evolved as a unit, mm -hmm. as lovers, as a partnership, as fiancés, like this was something that I like it does. Isn't it so telling? It's something that can fall totally to the wayside mm -hmm. that I didn't even think about it going into therapy. And I think that's very common once we become parents. So it allowed me to have conversations with my partner that we hadn't had. It gave me courage to um, really pursue, seek, uh, seek and, and, and organize um, help in our lives. It was right at that time that I began this therapy where I did decide and find and feel comfortable with the daycare. And I did end up getting, you know, some person that I interviewed a whole bunch of times and then entrusted <laughs> babysitting my child. So it gave my partner and I date nights. It gave my partner and I intimacy and reconnection and the ability to remember who we were before we were all us. Mm -hmm. And now, especially because I also started this while being pregnant with baby number two, it's like I had the looming concept of we're about to change again, my partner and I, because we have another life we're about to be celebrating and bringing into our home. It, we need to be able to talk about the challenges of transitioning to one, or I do as well, because we're about to have another in the house. Who am I to think that I'm equipped handling another kid into this house <laughs> when I've never done it before? Yeah. And so it just made me able to voice the concerns of what's the transition going to be like and realize that I even had some concerns. How are we as a partnership going to balance that? Like what's our, um, are we going to ask for help from others? Like it made us kind of reconnect as a team because I was willing to take these conversations and bring them to the table. Mm -hmm. And I'm big on communication. My partner talk about everything and anything under the sun. He's quieter than I am, but he is always willing to have a discussion always. And, and, he loves a debate and he loves being able to, <laughs> he loves a good like compare and contrast. And so our conversations are dynamic and they're lively and they're heated, but then they're also always grounded in a lot of love and us sharing the same vision and mission for our life as a couple and as a family. And we always get back to that exact thing stronger after we have these hard talks. And we weren't having hard talks because mm -hmm. I didn't know I was going through a hard time. Yeah. So this therapy unveiled so much for us. We feel a bit more lighter in our step now. And I think that now before we become parents of two children, this was critical as shit. Like we're, we know how hard this hit us becoming parents to one. It was hard yeah. for Will and I. We had a lot of postpartum depression, both of us. Mm -hmm. And now that we know the signs and now that we know what we're like, and now that we know how sleep deprivation will affect us, therapy for me, helped us bring these topics to conversation so that we feel a touch more prepared for baby two. Not going to sit here and pretend it means that we're going to be freaking gurus when, when they yeah. arrive, but we definitely don't know what we're doing with two kids. And so we better be talking about it now. <laughs> so it's been 
so helpful for my relationship and I, yeah. it's helped us feel really, really close, you know, emotionally, which has been helpful because we're kind of in a headspace where I'm co-sleeping with the kid and he goes to bed really late because he likes to work. And so, you know, we sometimes, or no, we often sleep in separate rooms. And so that can be really challenging for us. And this helped us. It helps us every day come back together when I realize, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of stuff that we're still aligned with here and we should make sure we're always streamlined in that way, even if we need to divide and conquer at some point. So, those four things, emotional support, mental stress and anxiety management, um, the ability to have self-care and self-discovery and a relationship enhancement, those four things have benefited me, tr me tremendously in motherhood with therapy at this point. Um, I did end up deciding to um, take a pause from that therapy. Um, I found it completely valuable and would keep going. I'm happy to keep going and, and pay for it beyond the five weeks that I did. I decided to collect myself, take the homework that I was given and continue to apply it because the reality was by the time I was done, like my fifth or my sixth session, I kind of felt like, actually, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good for now. I really actually just want to work on the homework you've given me. Um, I'm, you are amazing. Thank you. But I'm good now. And mm -hmm. so the, the air quotation breakup happened way sooner yeah. because <laughs> I, I've had years of practice of personal development, but also I'm a good student and I will never pretend to know everything. So if you're going to give me homework, I am going to work on it and I'm going to make sure that I am just extracting every like golden drop of self-knowledge that I gain from it. So I have found those particular four things the best reasons why I've explored it. And I hope anybody listening who's been tentative or nervous or like they've wanted to you know, maybe kind of ditch it for a little longer. Ask yourself why you're ditching it. You could have absolutely valid reasons, finance, time, no extra hands, no help. I'm like I could not, I understand a thousand percent. So take your time. But once you get to that space of your mind needing a little bit of help, I'm telling you, your mind's not going to let you ignore it. She is going to alert you all the time until it becomes a really loud siren and you listen. So just pay attention to your signs. You know, I think this is something that, We've discussed before um, when when we're preparing for our first birth, especially we're preparing so much for tangible things and or diapers. Like, yeah, <laughs> tangible things like what what do we need? What do we physically need for um, this baby to keep the baby alive? But yeah. how do we prepare for this unknown realm that we're about to dive into? And one of the things is like, how will we handle sleep deprivation? How will we handle, you know, 3 a.m. Uh, wake ups? Well, you, you have no idea how you will prepare for that. But I think what you just discussed, especially as your last point, is so incredibly valid and important is to is to make sure you are assessing assessing how your relationship is developing. And I, you know, maybe that means that you could seek therapy before baby to help, you know, sure. prepare you for mm. that change. And that could be part of your preparation for, you know, your nesting part of your preparation for um, postpartum, even though you don't think it is because when, and this is kind of a hot tip for new parents, right? Your relationship is going to change. And you don't know how, and I, it, you know, it, I'm not saying you're going to break up in six months. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying you are going to become two completely different entities. Your relationship has to evolve because of that. You have completely different roles. Your identity, major identity shift. 
And you have to start functioning as a team that you never thought was even possible. Like yeah. you guys are steering this ship into the, the sea, you know, like, but you've never drove, you've never been in, on the boat before. And somehow the two, of, yeah. and yeah. you get seasick. Right? Yeah, you're like, I have really bad motion sickness. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, basically. so it's like, how do we get this little course in uh, how to steer the boat? At least, you know, some sort of map. Like, how do we, how do we prepare for it? Um, map is the manual for the <laughs> ship. the manual for the ship. <laughs> so uh, that I that would be my piece of advice for a new parent um is if you could seek, seek help from some if you have the means obviously to seek help from someone that specializes in postpartum I think it would be incredibly valuable because you and I already have gone through part, postpartum so a little late for us for that to start fresh yeah. um <laughs> we kind of we have the gist of how it goes but yeah. I just just consider it cuz I think I I am a preventative person. Um, I love to do things um, before, and, and I like to predict, like, oh, well, maybe this might happen. So, may, it's not. I'm not saying I considered this. That's why I'm saying it now. <laughs> I wish I could have considered this. Um, yeah. But yeah, I really love to prevent and pre-plan for things like this. So I w- wish I could have done therapy prior. to when I had time, like lots of extra yeah. time and my yeah. mind was very clear. I, you know, you sitting down and talking for half an hour was probably great. You could elevate your feet, uh, you know, in your third trimester. Yeah, uh, yeah. But that's my little tidbit there for uh, anyone listening. And I just want to thank you. It's, I think it's very inf- inspiring to hear, you know, that you've had so much success two times now. Um, and, you know, much fast, more fast track success in this second round because you already have developed all the tools, right? That have always just been kind of buried in there. You just kind of need to, to dig them all out of the, the dusty old box and, and get them to work again. Right? Yeah. 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 yeah just exactly. like brush your teeth. Like yeah. again, it's oral hygiene, but mental hygiene. Like, and I, again, this isn't like the end of my journey. Like I, like you said, I wish we kind of done it before. I didn't either, by the way, I didn't have any sort of therapy support or emotional mental support. Um, like like that during pregnancy with baby one yeah I wish I had because I think I was having a lot of mental conversations that having out loud with someone else could have been really really helpful mm-hmm. and that's a really great tip that you said is like in hindsight like that would have been something to invest in like that is valuable you know so remember like in your po- if you're postpartum now like part of your self prioritization and motherhood is is mental health self-care so you know, maybe instead of like a, the bubble bath, like the for 30 minutes, maybe it's like a, can you have a 30 minute virtual session with someone to support you if it's been a really long day? Like those could be things that we could look into. Um, all are valuable if you're taking care of yourself, if you're putting yourself first, congrats, because it's not easy on this journey. And um, it's definitely something that is helpful to talk to with girlfriends. Thank you for holding space, Jodine, for us to chat about this. Oh, and um, I, I find it so helpful to have this platform with Blame It on Mom Brain to have a community of moms who know that it's not always easy, but we're willing to talk through the heart and get through our, you know, challenging headspaces and live a more vibrant path in this motherhood, you know, um, experience that we will have now forever. So 
I appreciate everybody who's tuned into this. Have you ever gotten some therapy in your life or have you maybe explored it in motherhood? And if you haven't, we'd love to hear some of the roadblocks you're you're experiencing and maybe we could chat about that as well. Um, but ultimately, we love hearing from you. If you found this episode helpful, it would be so amazing if you could head over to any platform where you're listening in and give us a five-star rating. It's how our podcast reaches more people. Or if someone popped up in your mind as you listened to this, please share this episode with them. It's a sign that they need to hear it. So thanks for being receptive to our topics and our chats every day on every Tuesday on Laban on Mom Brain. And we will catch you next week. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. I swear. I know. <laughs> <sighs>